You're listening to a message from Grace Church of North Brunswick, where people are empowered, impacted, and enriched through the good news of the gospel. To learn more about Grace Church, visit our website at gracechurchnv.com. And now we hope that you enjoy this message. The Holy Spirit knew when he told me to start preaching about mission possible and leading people to Jesus and bringing people to church. Our attendance has never been better. We have more visitors, more people coming to Jesus over the last few months than ever before. Uh, our first service is kind of catching up to you guys. Uh, and we look forward to growing God's kingdom. That's why we do it. It's not to count numbers. It's for souls to come into the kingdom. Because when I face Jesus, I want him to say, well done. Well done. Because it's not going to matter how great my preaching was, or if I could sing or not, or if I got words of prophecy, or if I laid hands on the sick and they recovered. It, I mean, it's great. It's wonderful. But are we leading people to Jesus? Are you sharing your faith? Are you saying, come and see? Because when we really are, we'll have to knock these walls down. And we're going to. But, you know, this is the season of harvest, and we're going to talk about it. And I'm going to preach it until every seat is full, <laughs> and then I'm going to preach it some more. Amen? Come and see. And I'm going to say something right now. You know that I do not talk about politics. I do not talk about the elections and stuff like that. I don't do it because I don't put my faith in men. I vote, but I don't put my faith in men. But I'm going to say this, and I'm going to challenge everybody here, especially all of you that are on Facebook arguing with people about all this stuff. And here's what I'm going to say, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with sharing your views. But I'm going to tell you something that the Holy Spirit told me to tell the church today. If we put half the effort and passion that we do into electing someone to be president, if we put half of that passion into the gospel, Jesus would be here already. The whole world would have heard it. There wouldn't be a tribe or nation on earth that hasn't heard the gospel. Jesus, we'd be back here already. We'd be in heaven with him, and there is no politics there, and I'm really thankful for that. So before you post something political, I dare you to post a scripture. I dare you to post something about Jesus. I dare you to post something that could actually change somebody's life. Because none of the, you know, and people get so upset, like, I don't know, I've been alive for 56 years, and every four years somebody gets elected president and almost nothing changes, so I don't know what all the excitement is about. The only thing that matters is Jesus and the power of him crucified and souls coming into the kingdom. So, so, if I, and now everybody log into Facebook, check in, because every two check-ins, a family in Haiti gets food from Grace Church. But, so, I don't want to go on social media and see you talking about that until you talk about Jesus. Until you talk about Jesus first. Is it true? 
I mean, I'm on you. Like the passion and the back and forth. What? Jesus! These people aren't the answer. They come and go like the grass of the field. Right. Right. We're, we're going to look in John chapter 1. Heavenly Father, I praise you and thank you Amen. that I can have peace and joy today. And all government is in your hands. Father, I thank you for the visitors that are here today. Just bless them, Lord. Speak to them through us. Father, thank you for this awesome congregation, this wonderful worship team, all the teachers and kids that are downstairs, God. Just bless them all. Father, we pray more than anything, if someone came in here today that doesn't know Jesus, we pray that they would cross from death and life into your kingdom. If anyone here is sick in their body, depressed, depressed, facing financial mountain, Whatever it might be, Father, you'll meet their need as they seek you. Holy Spirit, speak through me to your people, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 1. Um, it's where Jesus' ministry is really introduced. And when he calls his first disciples. And if you look throughout John chapter 1, there's one phrase that is repeated over and over and over again. It's this, come and see. Come and see. Jesus says it, his disciples say it, so I want everybody here to say it. Come and see. Come and see. Okay. Do you know that's all you have to do to lead somebody to Jesus? Come and see. Come and see. I remember at our men's retreat, Pastor John, when you were teaching about, you know, how to minister or how to lead people to Jesus. It's real simple. If you don't want to say, just say, come and see. Come out and see Jesus. And in John chapter 1, verse 27... John the Baptist said, it is he who's coming after me, who's preferred before me, whose sandal I'm not worthy to untie. And it says that the next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, behold, the Lamb of God. So first, John the Baptist says, look, I'm not even worthy to be a servant because a servant, if, if somebody important came into your house, you were going to wash their feet. Remember, Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Peter said, no, 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 no. Well, John, the, it basically saying is, John the Baptist says, I'm not even worthy to wash his feet. I'm not even, compared to Jesus, I'm not even a servant. I'm not even, I, I, there's, I can't go as low as I can go compared to him. And then he sees him and he says, behold, the Lamb of God. And when you're saying to someone, come and see Jesus, the first th thought you need to have about that is, come and see, it's not me. Everybody say that with me. Come and see, it's not me. Now, why do I say that? Because many people judge God by other people. Let me just say this again. Many people judge God by people. You know, don't judge God by me because I'm a people. And I'll let you down. And the other pastors and the other leaders and the Sunday school teacher and the person that sits next to you. Everyone here will most likely, I ho hopefully not, but let you down in some way. The reason people come to Jesus and leave churches is because they look at God as though he was one of them people. <laughs> God's not a people. And when we say come and see him, we're not saying come and see me. We're saying come and see him. Point people to him. Now, at the same time, has God sent people into your life to point you to 
Him? Yes. He has appointed pastors and prophets and, 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 and apostles and, and all that, and, you know, to point you to him. He has put in a leadership, yes. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that you don't have a mission. How many of you know you have a mission from God? And how many of you know that it's possible for you to say to one person, come and see, come and see. Point them to him. Verse 32, John bore witness saying, I saw the spirit descended from heaven like a dove and he remained upon him. I didn't know him, but he who sent me, John said, the Holy Spirit who sent him, God who sent him, said, when you, whoever you see the Spirit fall on, this is the Son of God. You see, we're all sent for someone. How many of you have, was someone sent for you to help you come into the kingdom of God? How many of you was the person that was sent for you is here today? Amen. That's how important it is. I remember... Uh, first met my wife, 1986, and at the same time my brother was sharing the gospel with me, and, uh, you know, so we're dating and everything, but, I, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm pretty much a pain in the neck. I, you know, sometimes she doesn't know where I am, I'm disappearing. So it's coming, getting closer to Christmas. Now, how many of you struggle with drugs or depression before in your life? What would holidays bring to you? For me, it would bring more depression and more sadness. I didn't want to be, you know, my family was a broken mess, so I didn't want to be around home. So every holiday, at least, you know, a week or so before that holiday, I was planning to get as wasted as I possibly could. And if my family needed me, they'd have to find me. They'd have to search for me. They'd have to get my son, you know, on a mission impossible to find me because I would disappear. And I remember it was a couple days before Christmas, and this beautiful lady that I would eventually marry said this to me. She said, you're coming to my parents' house for Christmas. <laughs> last night, we had the couples group here last night, and they had this, Vera had this really cool game where the couples had their backs to each other. And uh, they would ask a question, and each th member of the couple had a shoe, their shoe off, and so she would ask the question, and if they, were, if they thought it was them, they would raise the shoe because they couldn't see each other. It was like, who's started your first fight, you know? So I said to Alicia, yeah, okay, here's my shoe, you know? I, I wasn't playing, but my shoe went right up, you know? Or who's more spontaneous? <laughs> my shoe went up. But anyway, we weren't playing. But then you said this. You said, whose family is more crazy? Jules and Mike Gully had their backs to each other, and both of their shoes went up. And I said, your parents are right there. But anyway, if my wife and I were there and said, whose family is both of our, all my shoes would have been in the air. So the thought of going to her house on Christmas was not at the top of my Christmas list. But she said, if you don't go, we're through. It was like, huh. But you know, I wasn't all ready to commit to anybody, but something like, you know, so I'm on the trading floor. It's the last, you know, <laughs> I got to give her the answer by like five o'clock that night. So I'm on the trading floor. All the yelling and screaming's done. All, everybody's gone home. I still, I'm a clerk at that time. So I'm sitting in my little booth and the phone's right there. 
and, and she had called me and said it, and I hung it up, and I went, ah! I sat there for like an hour. It started getting dark. The janitors are coming in. They're like, are you leaving? I'm like, I got to make a big decision. I have to make a really big decision. Because I was either going to call my friends, and it was going to be Friday to Monday, or I was going to call her and say, yeah. And it just hit me, like the Holy Spirit just said, put her face in my mind. And I said, I'm going to call her and I'm going to go, even though I really don't want to. You know when you come to decisions like that in your life, and you later on you think about it? So I went to her house, and yes, for, to put her, our shoes up is true. Her family is crazy. Sometimes I even think it's crazier than mine, and that's really crazy, but no. We're the only, we, we were the ones that flew over the cuckoo's nest. Anyway, went to her house, hanging out there, and her stepsister, who I didn't even know, she, it was really not even your stepsister, it was just sort of, well, it's a long story. But she was there, and I didn't know who she was. And we're just in there, and she's a little mad at me still because it took me so long to decide. But I was there, so I was still all right. So we're just hanging out, and this young lady, her name was, uh, you know, I said, what's your name? She said, Valerie Lay. People from the South, they don't, when they talk, I don't know what they're saying. It's just like, <laughs> Valerie Lay. Like, what is that? It's Valerie Lee. You know, they always have like a second name. Mary Jo, Bobby Sue, I don't know. It's just, I, you know, Valerie Lee. So I'm like, hi, hey, how you doing? What's up? <laughs> Why you got two names? No, anyway, so I'm just talking to her, and all of a sudden she says, I love Jesus, and you need Jesus. And I trust Jesus in all of my ways, <laughs> and you need to trust Jesus in all of your ways, and he will bless you. That's my best southern accent. I can't, I'm doing a combination, I don't know, Australian, southern accent, Brooklyn. I don't know. It was just like, all I remember is, you're wise. And I was mesmerized. I was mesmerized. Because she had this joy on her face. I had never seen it before. I mean, really, my brother was the only Christian I knew, and he was in Texas. So all I knew is, you're wise, and I'm so happy. And she was like talking to me, and she prayed with me. I was like, what is going on here? And do you know, it changed my life. It changed my life. On the way home, I, I did my usual, what do you think about God, Alicia? And we had a big fight, you know. You all thought she knew first? Uh-uh, I knew first. Everybody think, they just assume that, Pastor Kev. How many of you men as husbands were first in the Lord? All right, raise it high. Go ahead. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> there are a few of us. <laughs> That's a campus going like this. <laughs> Listen, we are not gathering disciples to us. We're gathering disciples to him. And she just pointed me to him, and it changed my life. Listen, you're sent into somebody's life to point them to Jesus. 
and all you got to do is say, come and see. It is such a simple message. Let's try it. You meet somebody in ShopRite, you meet it. Well, ShopRite, you can tell we like ShopRite. You know what happened in ShopRite? They, they filmed my son like running down more aisles through the front and everything. They took the film and they were like, you can't do that in here. Does anybody work here in ShopRite? <laughs> but um, you're in ShopRite, you're in Best Buy, wherever, you're on your job. And, and you know, all you have to do is say, oh, just come and see. Come and see what I've seen. Come and experience what I've experienced. You don't have to preach a message. Just say, come and see. That's it. Verse 37, the two disciples turned to him, and they, and they heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. John the Baptist said, he's the Lamb of God, and these two guys just followed him. And Jesus turned back and said, what do you seek? Let me ask you a question. What are you looking for? Why do you come to church? What are you seeking? What are you really looking for? You want to just hear some good worship and an amazing message? I mean, what is it you're seeking? Do you just want to see or do you want more? Because let me tell you something. That word see there in the Greek means more than just seeing with your eyes. It means experiencing it. God wants you to experience him. Jesus said, what do you seek? And they said, we want to know what you're saying. And he said very simply, come and see. He could have said, I'm staying at a hotel in Tel Aviv and I'll see you tomorrow. No, he said, come and see, because he seeks relationship with you. And it says that they came and they remained with him. I mean, there's a lot of people in church, they come to see, but they don't stay. Because they never really experience God. They come, but they don't see. Psalm 34, 8 says this. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Singing, show me your glory. What you're really saying is, show me your goodness. I'm going to tell you something. If you come and see, you'll taste. If you come and see and you stay, you will taste. You know, I've been struggling with my taste over the last couple of years, just coming on and off. And uh, the Lord this morning when I was saying, should I share that in my message? And he was like, yeah, because maybe there's someone in there that will give you some advice. You know why? Because you're all an answer to somebody's problem. Anyway, but I lost my taste. And it's like, it's like if I go to Ruth Chris, I might as well just go to Smashburger <laughs> with Steve Lawn because he loved Smashburger. And Steve, I don't know if you're here right now, but thank you being, for being, you know, when, when uh, people were going to do a standing ovation, I looked and I glanced and I saw Steve get up first. Yay. And I looked next to, who was next to me? I said to Pastor Terrence, he better get up. <laughs> but um, to lose your taste, it's like the food is just like the... <sighs> and you know, you could just come to church and you could just play the religious games, but never really taste and see that the Lord is good. Next, in verse 40, come and see, because we have found him. 
One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He found his brother Simon, and he said, we have found the Messiah. And he brought him to Jesus. Now, when Jesus looked at him, he said, you are Simon, son of Jonah. You'll be called Cephas. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. And Philip was from the sea of the city of Andrew and Peter, and Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth. How many of you have found Jesus? Then help other people find him. Because found people find people. Found people find people. Found people find people. Have you found the Messiah? Have you found the answer? Have you found life? Then why keep it to yourself? You don't keep your political views to yourself. Ooh, zing, zing, zing. People are searching for answers. Let them know what you found. If you found the cure to cancer, would you go out and tell everybody that had cancer, I found the cure. If you found the cure to blindness, would you find every blind person in the world and say, I found the cure? Have you found the Messiah? The one? <laughs> Last night we had a couple's night, and I was Neo, and my wife was Trinity from the Matrix. And I just stood there with my glasses and said, I am the one. <laughs> but I'm not the one. Jesus is the one. How many of you have found him? Amen. Really found him? Yes. yes. Well, if you found him, help other people to find him. And those people that find him will have found him, and they'll help others that haven't found him. And if I say found again, I'm going to be in a loop here. Have you found him? Help other people to find him. Amen? Oh, my goodness. Andrew. So it says Andrew found. Now, we don't hear a lot about Andrew in the Bible, in the New Testament. But one thing we do know is that when Jesus was with his disciples and the multitudes following him and they were on the mountainside and it was late in the day and they were hungry and they needed to feed 20,000 approximate people, guess what Andrew did? He found a young man that had lunch. And that young man offered that lunch to Jesus and Jesus multiplied it for everyone. And here is the message in this. And it's the message of Grace Church. It's the reason God called me to start this church. It's the vision of the church. And that's this. That every one of you is gifted to bring something to God. To increase and grow his kingdom. The same way that lad was. You are. See, we need to find people to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. We can't send out missionaries if we don't have them. <laughs> we can't build bigger buildings without people. We can't have a prayer ministry. Today, they came out, it was like 10 of them. I'm like, it's going to grow, and it's going to grow, and it's going to grow. And we have home group after home group after home group and couples group after couples group because God is finding people through us 
to carry out what he wants to do on this earth. You are the greatest resource. God needed somebody to go to London. He found Pastor Terrence in Anak. Amen? Listen, this is, we need to bring, listen, how many of you here are single right now? Raise your hand. Dang. Stand up. Stand up. So everybody knows who you are. Stand up. Girls, you better stand up. Some people, you're not standing up. Now stand up. Now take a good look around. And now you know who's single. All right? We had like three guys stand up. They're going to be in the lobby surrounded by five women after the service. Who cares? I always say a young Christian, good-looking guy with all his teeth and all his hair, I want to be a manager. Anyway, listen to me. Here's what we got to do. We got to find some more people for these single people. Now get out there and find them. Amen. Is that bad? Right now, in the name of Jesus, I call single young men in their 20s into Grace Church. Good-looking, rich, wanting to serve. Somebody better shout amen. And I call in 40 and 50 and 60-year-old rich and handsome Christian men into Grace Church. Why are you shouting? I saw Erica, Sandy, Vera, and Susan all like, oh. <laughs> no, we're still here. <laughs> Next, come and see because he first saw you. Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him and said of him, behold, an Israelite indeed, whom is no deceit. So Jesus starts talking about Nathaniel, about his person, before he met him physically. Nathaniel said to him, how do you know me? Jesus said, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. I saw you when you were under the fig tree. Now, a Jew, and I'm half Jewish, but, I, you know, we do have a fig tree in the backyard, don't we? It dies every year, right? No? It's still around? Okay. I'm going to go sit under the fig tree and see if you see me. But a Jew would sit under the fig tree, and what they would do, and this is the rabbis would say that, they would sit there and they would study the word. They would sit there and study the word. And later on, you know, Jesus tells Nathaniel, you're going to see uh, heaven open and angels ascending and descending. Maybe he was reading Jacob. I don't know about Jacob's ladder. But he was there reading, probably praying, probably. And you know what? They would always be reading and praying and, and hoping for and praying for the Messiah. That's what they still are. They just don't know who he is. He knew you first. Jeremiah 1.5, God talking to Jeremiah says, I knew you before. Everybody say before. before. Oh, boy. I'm not getting political now because this, this isn't a political thing. People try to make abortion into some po political thing. It is not a political thing. Let me say that again. It is not a political thing. It is a crime as far as I'm concerned. Go ahead, get mad at me. And listen to me, listen to me. If you've gotten an abortion or somebody in your life has gotten an abortion, listen to me. Jesus' blood covers that. 
Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, killed Christians. He performed numerous abortions, okay? I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. So God knew you when? Before? Wait, wait, wait. So you were a person before you were even conceived. Okay. Did I give you some scripture to talk to your friends about? I'll give you another one. Psalm 139, 13. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Knit. Like every detail. Thanks, honey. You're so detailed. <laughs> and, and David said, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. I'm not talking politics here. I'm talking about the fact that there's a voice. There's a voice. There's a voice that isn't heard. That voice needs to be heard. You know what the Lord said to me? He said to me, if abortion was legal 2,000 years ago, When Mary came home to Joseph, now, of course, God's way, it's God's way, God, but just think about that. Think about that. He knew you first. I'm not doing this to talk about it. I did not plan on talking about that, but it's important. It's important. Um, but God knew you before you were in the womb before. When I got saved, the night I got saved, you know the story, so I'll tell you again. <laughs> I hadn't slept for four days. I was pretty much drugged up. It was two in the morning. I, my brother had given me a Bible. I was going to take my own life. That night, I opened the Bible. He said, read the book of John. So I read chapter one. I saw come and see, come and see, found. You know, didn't mean a whole lot to me. Came to chapter two, water into wine. I was like, oh, that's cool. Maybe I can keep reading. Uh, then came to chapter three, and Jesus is having a, a discussion with Nicodemus. And um, it gets to the point where he just, like in, chapter, in verse 16, he just sort of says it. Like, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish and have everlasting life. Now that I understood. I understood I'm in the world. And I understood God, and I understood his son now. I'm, I'm learning that's Jesus, and he died for me. And then it said, light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light. I was like, oh, Lord Jesus. All the sin I do is in the dark. During the day, I was like a vampire back then in my life. You know, during the day I was sleeping, or I was awake from the day before, but hiding. But I only came out at night. And then it said that, Men love darkness instead of light because the deeds they did were done in the darkness so God couldn't see it. But those who love the light do their deeds so God can clearly see it. And I, as I was reading this, I don't know if it was the drugs, but I don't believe it was because I was crying. And the letters, the red letters, everybody have a Bible with red letters are the words of Jesus. 
They literally jumped off the page and grabbed my heart. And I called my brother the next day, and I, this is what I said. I said, he knows me. He knows me. He knows me. How many of you remember when you first realized that he knew you? He knew you better than anybody. He knew you better than your family, better than your friends. He even knew you better than you. He knew you. Remember the Samaritan woman in in chapter 4, which is actually the next chapter after uh, what we were just talking about. She, you know, Jesus said to her, you know, about a husband member, and she talked about it, and then he goes, no, you've had more, and he knew all this stuff about her, and it blew her away. She went back to her town, and she said, everybody, come and see. John 4, 29, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Come and see. And I remember early on in my Christian life just saying, listen, all I know is this God knows me, man. Come and check this out. This is wild. All you have to do is say, come and see. Listen, we love him because he first loved us. He saw Nathaniel before Nathaniel saw him. He knew us before we were in our mother's womb. Finally, come and see. He wants to show you great things. So you'll never stop looking. Come and see. He'll show you things so you'll never stop looking. Look at verse 49. Nathaniel answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. You believe? Every time I look at this scripture, I can't help it. That song from the 70s comes into my mind. You ain't seen nothing yet. No, no. Baby, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't been around. He was saying, if you stay around, you'll see more. I don't know what the rest of the song means, because all the songs from back then, I just hummed and sang, but I had no idea what they meant. But now I know what show me your glory means. You will see and experience greater things than these. As a matter of fact, you'll see heaven open. And Pastor Kev, when you guys were were singing heaven touching earth, I saw heaven open touching earth. God wants to bring heaven down to earth. That's why we, and then you pray the Lord's prayer on earth as it is in heaven. The healing in heaven, bring it to earth. The prosperity in heaven, bring it to earth. The peace in heaven, bring it to earth. The love in heaven, bring it to earth. The joy in heaven, bring it to earth. Bring it to earth. Are you just coming to see? Or are you coming to see? Are you just coming to look? Or are you coming to experience? You're coming to taste. (laughs) I just realized I am going to do everything I can so when we go to Ruth Chris Steak's house that I can taste that steak. So I want all your home remedies and all your cures because somebody here has got the answer to my problem. That's why you're here. 
But I'll tell you this, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. If you'll come, if you'll do more than come and see, but you'll come and experience. How many of you have experienced God and tasted? See, because once you taste that, you'll just have an appetite for more. We don't need to get fat on food. Let's get fat on Jesus. Let's get fat on worship. Let's get fat on healing. Let's get fat on joy. Let's get fat on prosperity. Let's get as much as we can. Because we've found something that they need. So when you're on the line, just think to yourself, I found something. Hey, I found something. Come and see. Come to Grace Church. Come and see. That's it. Do you know more people have come here just from saying, hey, come see? And they come and get saved. You know, my wife was at Panera years ago. And she was just on the line, talking loud, so rare. And and my sister Jamie just happened to be in the line and heard her talking. And my wife basically said, Come and see. And she came. And she brought her husband here. And he gave his heart to the Lord. And we baptized him in water. And we baptized her children. Just from one little come and see. There are so many people here I can point out. Your whole family. Just come and see. I'm sure that's how Erica got Pastor Courtney here. She said, come and see, or else, or else you're going to see this coming at you. <laughs> Who cares how you get here? Amen? Because God's going to show you greater things, healing, blessing, prosperity, everything you need. God, when you leave here today, just say, come and see. Just like that. Come and see. <laughs> No, you just go, come and see. Come and see. Let's bow our heads right now. I want to make sure that everyone here can see. says that if you're not born again, you can't see the kingdom of heaven. Listen, if you can hear my voice right now, and you've never put your faith in Jesus, today is the day to do it. Listen, you are here for a reason. And... Someone has said, come and see, come to church, or you were driving by and you saw the sign and you said, I want to see what's going on. Or you were online and said, I need something new in my life. I'm just going to come and see what's going on. I want to tell you this right now. Today could be the day where you do more than see. Today could be the beginning of the greatest adventure of your life if you put your faith in Jesus today. Because once you taste salvation, want more. You want everything that he has for you. You know that day that I gave my heart to the Lord? I was a high school dropout with nothing. And now I am living my dream. And it's a dream that God gave me. And you all have a dream that God has given you. And you need to live it. But you can't live it without him. And you have to go past just seeing. It's time to experience and you do that by prayer.
you say a prayer, you believe it in your heart. Yesterday, Kenya asked us to come and sit with her grandma who's sick. And you know, my first thought is, okay, we've got to pray for her to be healed of this sickness. But Kenya said, I want you to come over and I want you to leave my grandmother in the sinner's prayer. I want to make sure she's saved. Because guess what? And she can be healed tonight of that cancer. And I believe she will be healed. But we're all going to die. Right? Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, but he still died. What's going to matter is, did you put your faith and trust in Jesus? And are you going to hear, well done, good and faithful service? Because you had found something and you wanted everybody else to find it. But if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, you can't even go that far. It starts somewhere. So I started somewhere 28 years ago, and I've never looked back. I'm so glad. Everybody has a beginning. I pray it's yours today. Just say this prayer with me. Say, Father, I know that Jesus is your son. He died on the cross for my sin. I've made mistakes, God. I confess my sin to you now. I accept that sacrifice. You raised Jesus from the dead. Raise me to a new life today. I receive your son now. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody close your eyes, bow your head for one moment, just one moment to respect for everyone else here. If you said that prayer, you meant it. It could be your first time or your fifth time. It doesn't matter. You said that prayer and you meant it and you want to accept Christ as your Savior and have your life changed forever today. Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. Anyone else? Raise your hand. Okay. Anybody else? All right. All those people. Listen. If, if your hand is being held down by something right now, I want you to raise it right now. Raise it. Okay. All of those that raise their hand, if you could stand up where you are. Just stand up. Come on. Stand up. Stand up. Anybody else? 